Welcome to Emotional Sobriety. I want to introduce Carol Carter. We've got a new guest on the show, or I guess a new old guest, because you were on before uh, the previous iteration of the yeah, show. Yeah, she's been- Start she's right been, here. We should remind people, maybe even put a link or something, that we have that there's 40 episodes of I think really good stuff with start right Wonderful. here is, is is a thing that we that we did before we did this so it's yeah. like um so yeah I, I I sometimes forget about that we need to remind people you know if they if they it's been you know. three and a half years of solid content in some form wow I miss the theme song I love that theme song we had in the previous show I mean I like the yeah. music for this one too but uh it, it was kind of cool to I think Alan got his buddy from Hawaii to like record an opener yeah oh yeah we had an opening voice i wrote the lyrics to that that theme song and and yeah. uh and his uh brother-in-law i think it was that wrote the music so it was it was it was weird it was, it was good yeah i always think of things in terms of movies so that was a very kind of cinematic lead-in to uh the mm -hmm. start right here universe cinematic universe right. yeah all right. Well, uh, how you doing, Carol? Like, what can you tell us about uh, how is emotional sobriety hitting you today? Or uh, how are you experiencing it um, at this leg of your recovery? Well, um, boy, life just keeps marching on, for one thing. Um, <laughs> I retired nice? 60 days ago. Yay. And um, I, um, I am a compulsive um, overworker, workaholic. And so um, that was a real sudden drop of um, really maladaptive behavior because I overworked constantly and I, um, it was a great hiding place. So I'm getting to experience getting to know myself uh, without the crutch of having so much to do. I didn't have to pay attention, mm -hmm. you know, and it's been an interesting journey. Um, I'm really grateful for the opportunity I chose the retirement for this opportunity because I could see that it was time. I wanted to spend some time with myself and hear what I had to say about things and not keep saying, quiet girl, we've got a deadline to meet, you know, and I'm finding I quite like myself. <laughs> well, and good. I'm being we, very we, we, we've already, we've already, we've already, we already knew the, the end of that movie, but it's like, like uh, <laughs> about whether you're likable or not. Cause we all, we all like and love you already, but you, you can join the club. Well, oh. thank you. Cause I am joining it. I'm mm -hmm. being very tender with myself these days and finding with each little, maybe uh, maladaptive um, process that I had held in my life. I untangle that one and move on to the next with love and self-support and it's just been great there's one particular woman i worked with that, that, that i think initiated this idea that, that i've been uh, using for a long time and that is she she used the language i retired from and then blank which was was the career that she had and maybe this is just me but i've realized that when we say you know somebody's retired there should be an object to that sentence it's like it's like retired yes. from what yeah I'd because, like to because you're that. not because we're not retired and by the way it would also develop strengths in you but also give you Certainly. opportunities to, to practice your maladaptive stuff you're you, you've actually increased your challenge in your own recovery or your own yes. emotional sobriety by retiring from this career i have retired from 48 years of finance mm -hmm. and i am transitioning into um more education um working possibly toward a career in supporting others and um 
I'm very excited. And yes, I've, I've added a few new things to my plate and removed some things that are kind of old news and not mm-hmm. helpful anymore. And I'm very grateful for the 48 years. Um, I was able to position myself where I could retire when I felt like it was time. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for that. You are one of the, the you are, you're certainly one of the most, most natural um, therapeutic, naturally therapeutic um people that I know there Jacqueline Spall wrote a book many years ago back in the last century called being being naturally therapeutic but but and it's and it's a bit of a it's a bit of a how-to thing but what I've discovered using that language through the years is 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 I've just I've run across some people who just are you know and and our our mutual friend uh Julie Merriman uh Carol is was is definitely one of those people that that and and never never gave herself full credit for anything that she could do but she was she was probably the best therapist i ever worked with and and i'm not sure she graduated from high school uh, right. it, it's like i think she may have got out of high school uh, or with a ged but but it's like it's like she was amazing and i love working with her you 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 got the opportunity to know her as i as uh, as i did and it's like but you you are um you you are just you're you're naturally therapeutic but you're also so smart in my opinion and you you, and you study this stuff, you pay attention to this stuff. And, I, and, and um, yeah, so whatever's going to happen, I, you know, you're helpful to people when you, whenever they interact with you. So my, you know, my, my, you know, this, this will show you my value system. I think, I think, I think you ought to get paid for it. I think you ought to be a professional p- people helper, you know, that's kind I, of I often, where I'm heading. Good. I often find people say, say, find out who you are and who you are as a person is the deepest level and then see if you can get paid for it. You know, I, I mean, you always have to charge for it, but you, but it's a good thing to be yourself and get paid for it. Yes. I've always had the interest, but I was smart enough to let employers pay for my education and yes. they didn't pay for counseling. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it was always my love. I studied it. Um, I do have one degree in psychology, but I mm-hmm. studied it from 1972 on just as a passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, uh, now I'm going to, pay for my next one. I don't need somebody else to pay for it. And mm-hmm. I'm going to do what, what's in my heart. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty excited about that. And Beautiful. it may be a counseling degree. It may be coaching. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Time will tell. But I'm yep. not worried about it. I'm just following my heart. That's perfect. Um, I love it. Can I ask, uh, Carol, what was that yeah. first week like when you retired? Like, was it uh, <laughs> an altogether, uh, you know, uh, uh, what was it? Was it? Was there a soothing ex- feeling that came <laughs> over you, or was it panic? There was never panic. I was shocked to see that I did not look back a minute. Mm-hmm. The very first full day. Well, I. So part of emotional sobriety is being candid about who we are. So mm-hmm. I'd like to share that the night I retired, the first thought I had after. 10 months of 15 hour days was you didn't do enough. Hmm. But the nice thing about not having to go to work is you have time to hear that. (laughs) So I heard that girl, that's, that's baloney. You you had, you had time to hear it and go like, what? (laughs) Exactly. So I laughed at it, went to sleep. Uh, The next, the first full day I was off, I wrote the outline for two books. 
And then I slept for 30 days <laughs> around the clock. I was Good. absolutely, utterly exhausted. You, you went and into hypersleep, like, like they, when they send people off in space. You just, you just had to, you just had to go into that space. I did. It was a huge transition. I, you know, I was having the exhaustion of birth. I just birthed myself into a lovely new time in my life, and um, uh, it wore me, it wore me out. <laughs> so I had thirty days of sleep, and then um, started getting back in the swing of things, and. Um, I, I do want to share a couple of things that have been important to me too about emotional sobriety. We've seen in our circle several people that we love face serious challenges recently hmm. in the last couple of months. Uh, one of the gifts that one of the one person's um, sudden um, divorce prospect mm -hmm. gave me was it shocked me into awareness of a um, belief that I had, that there was some destination we go to and we suddenly become good enough, smart enough, healthy enough, and nothing's gonna happen. And I over-identified with his situation because I had gone through a surprise divorce um, 40 something years ago. And so it you know, gave me a chance for all that to come back up. But I learned that there is no there. Right. And. Uh, so as things have come up since I've been off work, I'm like you guys, I start pushing the boulder back up the hill and mm -hmm. just laugh and say, okay, it's my turn again. And um, I'm not looking for a destination, a recovery destination anymore. Mm -hmm. That's, if that that's, makes sense. Oh, that no, makes lots of sense. That's, and I love the term surprise divorce. It's like, it's, it's like, I, I, I've got an idea for a new I, reality I, show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's perfect. Matthew. And behind it's, the curtain, I mean, it's, like, it's like really the dark side of a surprise party, you know, it's, exactly. <laughs> surprise. Yeah. And that is a great description of what is, has happened. I think, um, yeah, wow. you can be smart as all get out, have it going on and still not catch it coming. I think a lot of people, in recovery. And I think, I think there are, there are a lot of people in, in this business who, who know all the stuff to say, but are not necessarily the most congruent people with what they're saying. It's like, you know, work in progress. It's, it's like, like, you know, one of the things that I think some of the feedback that, that, um, that I, that I hear and get, and get in through that, the, through our Thursday night group is basically is, you know that that those of us who who co-facilitate that place just kind of show up as a member of the group but we also take responsibility for being a being co-facilitators it's like you know and and that's i mean we're not ever finished and you know that's that's, and that's the thing i you know I, i've i've said before that that i my my wish in terms of just existential dread of life is that i i hope that my my fear of death remains the fear of interruption you know please don't bother me i'm i'm in the middle of something right now you know and it's like yeah and see that's and what that implies to me and i never thought about it until Jesus, Jesus said that what that implies to me is you know i may be working on some some minor you know polishing up some details of some stuff but i may be right in the middle of a, of, of of a big thing again and uh it's just and what I what I like about it is face you know facing the challenge. Okay, let's see what we can do. Let's see what we can learn from this. I also hear that when you die, you will mm -hmm. die living. 
you will have been living in the moment that you die. Mm. And wow, what a beautiful expression, Tom. Wow, that's beautiful. It is. It's like... Uh, and that was my father's philosophy. He wanted to live right up until he dropped. Mm -hmm. And um, I just... But you expressed it so uh, beautifully yeah. just well, now. Well, I, I, I can go one better. I, I, I was reading... Um, part of uh, Nathaniel Brandon's uh, book, Honoring Yourself. Uh, I think that's the name of it. It's, but there's a, there's a line in there that says, that says, if you, if you, and I may be messing it up a little bit. If you, if you, if you, if you do not know how to live in the moment, you will not know how to live in eternity. <laughs> what do you think eternity is? It's the moment. I had some difficulty living in the moment uh, a couple of days ago. I uh, lost an envelope of cash with $750 inside. And uh, man, I, and I, and you know, maybe less important than talking about the, uh, the fumble was the returning home and my partner being very uh, present and supportive and sympathetic but me feeling like I could not accept, um, I didn't I didn't know how to like accept that kindness in that moment of shame, <laughs> that kind of like, you know, uh, oh, yeah. I felt like, I felt like it was my duty that night to just feel like shit and to not um, accept any condolences for, you know, what had happened. And um, <laughs> in the days since, um, there's been a lot of outpouring of, you know, really kindness and, uh, and, and support. And, uh, which is like, that's, that's just amazingly a positive thing for like, for me to literally just, I mean, to fumble a ball and to, for people to have love for me in my fumbling, you know, it's, uh, above and beyond kind of unexpected. And, um, I guess like the, the only, like, you know, as far as I'll go into it is like when I was, uh, as far back as grade school, um, I used to set down like my backpack or I'd set down my folder and, you know, on the, on the schoolyard. And then I would, you know, uh, get distracted and walk away. And then I would end up, you know, having to double back and like, you know, pick up the thing that I left behind. Mm -hmm. My friend growing up used to say that I'd forget my own ass if it wasn't attached to me. Mm -hmm. And, um, in recovery, I've managed bit by bit to kind of put together a practice of just uh, just being on it, you know what I mean? And just trying to kind of like not let the, any details escape the sifter. And this was a big escaping the sifter um, thing the other day. It takes me back to like my drinking and using days too, where money would go places that it shouldn't have gone or i would <laughs> i would just be wait, wait, let's put it this way we put money where it shouldn't have gone it didn't just go right it was <laughs> deliberate yeah it was very deliberately going places it shouldn't have yeah. gone but um uh so emotional sobriety yeah i just i mean i i uh i have not felt like i'm there uh, in a little while and i um well, let's let's get clear about that too, though, because Patrick, sometimes you talk like as if that's a it's a it's a zero sum game, you know, like you're there or you're not there. It's like, you know, that's I think one of the most important things we can 
we can we can we can teach in, in pra- practice first and then teach is the idea that that emotional sobriety is is a, is is a I mean, it's a huge concept it's it's like and it, and it, you know and we could probably define it it's sort of like the word codependency back in the old days carol it's like how many yeah. how many ways because you can I, I you know i stopped redefining it when i realized it was just synonymous for the human condition and just to realize okay well that's what that is but emotional sobriety is it's not it's not the definition is you know codependence is named for the for the dysfunction so you know we're not we don't we're not we're not in a group for emotional drunkenness we're 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 in a group i love the idea that it's to the positive but and it's holding it's being in that moment like what what carol was talking about and it's like um so anyway my my complaint about what you're saying is 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 that that you have a time like that and you say not so much emotional sobriety but but i would i would say is what you did during that time was first of all you had the presence of mind and I, to 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 reach out you let yes i mean all, all of us knew what had <clears throat> all of us that are in your support circle knew what had happened so because i mean i tell you that one of the first things i could list among my things about not being emotional so sober it would, would be would be isolation because yep. you know because th- you're never isolated then that just means you're alone with those guys in your head it's uh, you know the the ones that told that told Carol that she didn't do enough work after working you know twenty four seven for however long. It's you reached out to that. You your humility was there. You know. Yes. You owned this is you owned your your self criticism. You didn't you didn't you didn't you didn't identify with it. You you told us about it. Is is and that's see that's see that's also emotional sobriety having that differentiation that that Alan always talks about. It's like like you know I'm having you know I'm, I'm, I'm it's really hard to receive this 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 love and support from Maddie as I as I come home. It's like the awareness that you're having trouble doing that. That's still in the place of emotional sobriety. It's just hard, but it's yeah, you still, always. It's, you always talk about the wisdom voice, Tom, right? Yeah. And when I when I go through these experiences and lately especially, like I I can't sometimes I can hear this voice slightly, but I certainly can't articulate it. And it's hard for me to pass it on to others too. Like, I mean, I I think I think there have been instances where um people have reached out to me and I've had to I've been I've been re- required or I've been asked to step up and I just don't feel equipped. I just feel like the wisdom voice is buried, and uh, you know, I don't. Okay, you may you may be making a you may be making a mistake. A lot of people make with that. You may be. This is it's interesting when we come to. I mean, uh, identification versus things versus differentiation. But you may be tr- doing what a lot of people do, which is thinking you have to come up with what the wisdom voice is going to say. And the truth is, their wisdom voice. You do. You do not have. Well, you don't know for yourself either. Oh, Carol. absolutely. It's like, like I, you yeah. know, the the wisdom voice often surprises me. It's like, and I don't know why, because it's been, so, you know, it's first of all, it's 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 it. You know, I I am so fucking verbose. I can go on and on and on. One of the ways you can identify my wisdom voice is it's very brief, very concise. And you know, it'll it, 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 sometimes we said to say nothing more than, and it may not say it in words. I may just feel it, but it's just it may just be saying, "You'll be fine. It's okay." You know, it, you know. But so, you just, I, what I ask for people to do is listen for the, the wisdom voice. If you feel like you're having to, to write the you know, write the script for it, I don't think we do. It's like I have a client right now who's doing some amazing journaling. Uh, 
uh, in our online journaling thing, uh, with her getting her wisdom voice in her wisdom voice is, I mean, I, she's a better, it's a better therapist than I am with her. And it's, it's, it's like, so I will often, when she's, when she's journaling, I'll often say, get your wisdom voice in there to, to, to talk. And it's amazing how powerful it is and how natural it is. And if, if you were to ask her, I think, and, and, you know, what I would say is, is the wisdom voice is absolutely close to the antithesis of how she has been talking about herself. I mean, it's like, you know, she, she personally is not to the place of that level of self-acceptance and and self self self-love but the wisdom voice is you know i don't know how to explain that i mean that's just that's beyond me but it's like um anyway i'm 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 lecturing about that but but um i would say i was i would say you 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 went you went through a process and and you you were in and out of emotional sobriety maybe but it's but it's not just because you're having a hard time or you're revisited by your by your saboteurs that doesn't mean you know you said that about being hard to to hear from um from maddie carol is this is a good example because carol carol is is probably the best example on earth for me of the person who who challenges that for me and i think you probably know that carol i think we we've been through that a while and even most recently with uh with my medical diagnosis you 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 connected with me and it's like and you're not over the top with it. You're just straight ahead. You're very, you're very realistic and you, and your, your, your love is there and you're offering help and most practical ways. And I, I can, I can, I can feel the difficult, I can feel the tears kind of come up my eyes at the time. It's like part of that's part of that's gratitude for, for having in my life and feeling that, but, but, I, but it's hard. If I think I've gone through and no longer have issues with my should monster, it's like, all I need to do is, is check a text from you. And, and it's like, it'll, it'll bring, it'll bring that up. And it's like, it, it, I realize I'm still working on how to receive that or feel, you know, our first voice is usually the shitty one. Yeah. It's, it's, it's less familiar to, to get a little love bomb. Mm-hmm. From ourselves. Well, and then what I'm saying now is, is over, over time, of, of doing the work of myself and also being, you know, and I would just say being in relationship with you because, because I've experienced this with you multiple times is what it's, what is to me, it's good to know that basically it was what you said about not having a destination. You know, it's, 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 it's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just, I'm just trying to, to trying to be, be centered. Yes. Try, try to be there and try to accept it. And if, if so if you say, if, if you say something beautiful to me and I say, Okay, but I just I that's I can't even get that past the first barrier. What I would say if I'm observing from the outside, go like, okay, well that's emotional sobriety, because that's self awareness. Yeah. That's that's a great observation, and you're challenging yourself to to overcome something that you got to work on. But you're not you're not telling you you know, and and basically you're not telling yourself you're a low life piece of shit, and letting that. And here's the key to that, Patrick, punctuate it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, it, don't let these saboteurs have the last word and that, and because, because what you said, Carol, it makes sense. I never put it together this way. The, 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 one of, one of those negative voices is usually the first voice to speak when something happens and we, we have, a, and we can't change that. I, I, that's a reflex. Right, I, those, guys are, those, those guys are there mm-hmm. and it's like, it's how we respond next. But one of the things I teach people in, in therapy a lot is be sure you punctuate Others with something other than the problem or the complaint. 
it's like I teach couples this in their relationship, but relationship with ourselves as well is be sure, you know, that you even if, even if you punctuate saying, wow, I'm 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 really still feeling under the thumb of my should monster. OK, that's you talking. That's not the should monster talking. Right. Differentiating. That, that would yep. qualify. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's and that's that's emotional sobriety. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Tom, I. Oh, oh, sorry. Go, ahead. go right ahead. I was just going to ask. I just wanted to check in on Tom's uh, saga with the uh, with the doctor. <laughs> my, my my my. Can you see my face is is lopsided? It's like I know that no, I can't actually listening to us, but it, it, well, I can, of course we can see it. It's like I got a lump over here. Um, it's a, a PET scan showed that I had no cancer anywhere else in my body. So could I have ever predicted in my life? that I, I could stay, I could make a statement of genuine, authentic gratitude that said, I am so happy that I only have cancer in my head and neck. It's like, you go like, yeah. what? It's like, Did no, it take you a while to get there? Did, and you, that's have to, my, did you start yeah, there? Well, that's my gratitude. That's understanding yeah. the bigger picture. So, you know, so I'll be starting the uh, treatment next week, hope, uh, I think about midweek and uh, I've got seven weeks of that. And, uh, um, you know, and I think I'm going to feel like sh they're, they're very honest with me about that. I'm going to feel like shit and uh, and I'm going to get through it. You know, these doctors tell you, know, and I don't, I'm not trying to minimize the, the, the because, because, and also, I, I, when I talk about it, I, I tend to be kind of upbeat about it. I, I always want people to know that I'm, ha you know, I, my, I have different emotional states at various times with, with this thing, and it certainly has has scared the crap out of me and 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 hit me hit other places. Two oncologists so far have have said to me something similar to that the odds are sky high that I'm going to die from something else. And, 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 you know, that's, that, that's what I want to know about. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, good. And so, so I, you know, and it's the, ch I, I'm, I'll say this, I am pleasantly surprised at how well so far I'm navigating this within myself. I am, I am not I am not finding myself projecting into the future other than right now I'm looking I mean, again, another statement I was, would never have thought I would say I'm looking forward to getting cancer treatment started. You know, I want to get, cause I want to get that cause I want to get to the other side. It's like, um, and uh, otherwise I'm really in the present moment. And like I'm this weekend, I'm hanging out and um, I don't, I'm not in pain. I don't, I don't have any, I don't have any current uh, symptoms. So it's, it's like, do you know I'm, what you can owe that to, or like, how, how are you doing it so that I can do it <laughs> staying in the present moment? Well, a part of it, part of it, I'll tell you what has been, has been this emo reading, thinking, writing about emotional sobriety for these last years. And, uh, and, and I, I, I find my, my love of the, the uh, stoic philosophy is, is, is very, very similar, if not the same as emotional sobriety. And so I, I love, I love that. And, I, and, 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 and in that stoicism, the stoics never, never, um, they never miss an opportunity to remind you that you're going to die. They, they, they just, they seem to love to do that. And it's like, and it's, and, and of course, that's a wonderful thing to do because we all fall asleep about that. We all, we all, you know, and, um, you know, in one in one of the things that again, I'll, I'll, I'll skip over to to something I read in uh, Nathaniel Brandon's book of self esteem is is that basic basically, you know, 
we're not going to be able to to live in the present and have a love of life without the context of mortality. Yes. It's like, it's like, you know, and so it's part of it. It's, it's an important part of it, not like something to be like dreaded and that kind of stuff. So, so anyway, that, so to answer your question, it's, it's the same reason I can show you a magic trick and you won't be able to figure out how I do it because I've practiced it over and over and over and over and over again, you know, and it's like that to me. And, and I'll, and I'll, as I think of other things that are, that are tips about that, I'll, I'll share with you, but, but it's, it's really is the fact that I have consciously been practicing for quite a while now, reminding myself throughout the day, just I'm there's only now. You know, I, I got to the place where I, I, I think I've said this on the podcast before in, in Carol. I mean, I, I'm assuming I'm thinking you you will identify with this, too. But it's like it's like after all these years, I mean, how long have I been teaching people to live in the moment, be present? Well, I'm, I've been doing this for 40 something years. It's like I've been doing the whole time. It seems like only recently has it ever have I ever gotten that this is not a concept for us to contemplate. It's the, it's, the, it's, it's the most simple truth there is. You know, yes. the first book I wrote was Simple Truth. It's, it's like there is nothing else other than me sitting here talking to you. That's it. There is no <laughs> there is no there. there. There is no there. We're going. Right. Barring physical pain is what I'll say. Is if, we, if one of us is in physical pain, then that's in that's in the moment with us. But if we don't have physical pain, no matter what else is going on in our lives, n- n- none of us, none of the three of us have any problems right now that's right we're fine you know i'm just talking to two people i love this is a fun thing to do and that's it and even with physical pain Mm -hmm. it can still be an observation in the moment that doesn't have to own the moment yes and i had to utilize that when Mm -hmm. i shattered my shoulder and I was having level nine from my experience. I don't know about anybody else's. Yeah. But for me, it was level nine pain for mm-hmm. weeks. Jeez. I had to figure out how to make that work. And I and I I found if I didn't fight it, if I accepted in this moment it hurts, this moment will not last forever. I mean, you know what I mean. This got it, yeah. Yeah, it's the sequential moments yeah, in right. this moment. Hmm, I observe I have pain and somehow it diminished the intensity of the, my experience of the pain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did it still hurt? Yes. But did it hurt the same way as if I were denying it or saying something is wrong or being not in acceptance of what was mm-hmm, happening in the mm-hmm. moment? It was a better experience. Yes. Well, see, and, and that's to me, I think the thing I, and, and you know, nothing against you young people, Patrick, but it's like, it's, it's like, um, and maybe this is just an excuse on my part, but, but it seems like some of this stuff I just have gotten because I've gotten older. I've spent more time on this planet where there's just, it's almost like I, you know, I have a little make, make up a little story that there are certain things that the universe just lets us in on at certain, by the time we get to be older, you know, go ahead. How, how old's Rutledge now? Oh, he's, he's almost 70. It's like, I'll go ahead and let him know about this. You know, it's, it's like, you know, I was feeling that a lot at a, I went to a meeting a couple nights ago and when there were almost all newcomers mm-hmm. and, um, I, every one of their stories was my story and I just, yes. I could just project into the future. Like if they stick with this thing in 10 yes. years, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? That they'll be able to give themselves a hug and, you know. It, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And one of the things I do when I'm, when I'm doing uh, this, I miss a lot because I've never gotten back to it after the, after the pandemic, but I used to do more, a lot more uh, professional training with other therapists and counselors. And one of, one of the things that I, that I tell them, especially people that are, are in addiction work and that kind of stuff who, who have experienced it themselves, I said, you know, when your client is telling about their pain and you're hearing that the first thing and you recognize where, you know, you recognize it and you realize from your own work or your work with other clients, this person is in the right place and they're going to go to a place. I, when I tell, the, I tell the, the therapist, be careful that they don't catch you smiling too soon. Because the, the, you're going to look like a sadist. It's like because I, because I can just I mean I can have a client telling me just some horrendous stuff, and there's a part of me that just goes, "All right." I mean, I mean, just the idea that she's expressing this is so powerful, yeah. you know. And and it's like so it's like I've got to got to have that little gatekeeper in my mind that just says, "Okay, just just you know play it down a little bit." It's okay, just listen. You know, and, can I uh, go back to Patrick for a second? Oh yeah, sure. Because there was something I wanted to say before we we finished talking about your mishap. Oh, of course. Um, and then I have a question for you, Carol. So let's not let that one okay slip either. So the second thing I wanted to say, but it fits perfectly in what we were talking about with you, is um, sometimes Herb will say something that just sizzles in my soul, and I've heard mm -hmm. him say. Yeah, that was a little juicy when he reads something by an author. And I always listen mm -hmm. for the sizzle. Mm -hmm. And the thing that he has said, uh, two things about your feet or what you're doing. One is look at your feet to see how mm -hmm. you're doing. But the other is what this, this just has not stopped sizzling in my head. What you do says what you believe. Yeah. And Patrick. Yes. Your wisdom feet took you to your recovery friends where you know all of me is accepted. Mm -hmm. You have wisdom feet, whether you thought the thought of wisdom or not. Your feet knew where to go yeah. for comfort and support. Your feet did the next right thing to, to take you out of a shame spiral. And well, I just want to really celebrate that uh, uh, I, I just want to I say amen and that's also the answer that also answer the question of how how when you ask how I stay in the moment what Carol's telling you is you were doing it you know yes. it, it, you're, because it was because the reason your feet did the right thing the reason you took you were proactive in that is from practice yes you know? And when we first are in this stuff it's like I mean we have to go through a long cognitive process to get to the place where we go like Oh yeah, I think I'm supposed to call somebody. You know, it's like, you know, when when you're when you're right there connecting with staying connected. See, you didn't connect with us because you 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 remain connected. We're a fluid you, family. Yeah. Did you ever see uh the conversation that Francis Ford Coppola movie with Gene Hackman where he plays the uh surveillance expert? And, and anyway, at the end of the movie, he thinks there's a bug in his um, somebody planted like a recording device in his apartment. So mm -hmm. the last scene of the movie is literally him with like a claw hammer, just digging up, digging into every wall, uh, turning everything upside down to look for the bug, which he never finds. And, and, and it ends with him just sitting in this huge pile of 
torn apart apartment. <laughs> and, and so anyway, anyway, I'm just used, painting that picture. That was me uh, when I lost the uh, the money was basically just turning my entire car upside down. I think it was like 110 degrees. I'm sure many of the people listening are experiencing mm-hmm. some kind of mm-hmm. outrageous heat wave. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was me in the heat. Anyway, I was out of my mind or I felt out of my mind. And if I looked around my immediate surroundings, it looked like I was insane. Um, but you guys helped reel me in. Well, your feet knew what to do, which was mm-hmm. just to me so exciting. So mm-hmm. you asked, where? how do I find emotional sobriety in that? Dude, you were finding it. <laughs> you yeah, were living well, it. Well, thank you. And, and you know, you had mentioned uh, when we were putting this episode together um, that, uh, you know, you, you've been attending the Thursday night workshops, Carol. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I just thought I'd ask... Uh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned something that Herb said, but like um, we're on step 11 right now and mm-hmm. that, that concerns prayer and meditation. But has there been mm-hmm. anything that's jumped out at you lately or that you'd like to speak to? Um, I'm sure a lot well, of our listeners would. I think I brought up the two things that came out of meetings recently for me. And one was, um, you know, our our lovely hosts um, candor about where they are in life challenging my belief that we get somewhere and it's all cool breezy you know easy breezy mm-hmm. sailing mm-hmm. after that well that who would have thought I had that as a belief I needed a challenge but I've slowed down enough where I can hear that I did mm-hmm. and now I've laughed it away till it pops up again <laughs> but yeah, yeah. and the other was hearing um what we do says what we believe so um step 11 Herb also said is the step about our relationship with ourselves. And I've been looking at that. And so I am re-examining my beliefs by looking at what I do. If I do X, huh, that's interesting. What's my core belief behind that? And I'm surprising myself. Mm-hmm. Oh, Carol, you don't deserve this, or you don't. And I'm going, huh? Really? And you know, I've carried a lot of old. Uh, maladaptive garbage around for a long Mm -hmm. time and I'm having the opportunity to just go gone with that one gone with that one Mm -hmm. so that is part of what step 11 has been for me Um, examining my relationship with myself and making choices thinking through it and not just being a robot to old thinking um wow yeah it's 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 the the step 11 is the uh i think i think i wrote a note it when when herb was talking also like it was her also inspiring this was the that just step 11 is the is the step of expanded self-awareness yes and that's what you're describing it's a pan you know, that is in the what movie, i'm living movie today. Term, in, in movie terms patrick it's it's the pan back you know yes all of a sudden you know things make sense when you you know you know, and now that I think about it, now this is this is a little bit this this actually is relevant to this, but it, but it's uh, kind of obscure. But if you're watching a movie, and the and, and somebody's coming into their house and they have a tight shot on 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 their on their upper body or in their head, it's like, what do we know? Somebody's getting ready to get them. They, you know, it's like <laughs> right. you just you know that because you're not. They're not giving us enough. Inf- they're not giving us enough information. And I just realized that's what we do when we 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 begin to be safer when we pan back. So because what what happens before all those little saboteurs we talk about the addictions the 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 assholes the the, the should monsters that you know they they are able to control us because we don't we we don't expect them to be there they 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 jump us all the time 
It's like what we what, what we're talking about, what Carol's talking about is like the idea is, and I think it's just such an important thing. We don't get rid of anything. You know, it's like, right. I mean, that's that's one of the the most important pieces of information because and we all use the language of getting rid of. And, and I still do because it's a natural language in our culture. I, I need to stop thinking this. I need to, I, you know, I got to get rid of this. It's like, like I, I try to, I try to adjust my language more, but I, but I realized I could drive myself crazy by, you know, doing, doing it that way. Like, um, you know, like people like uh, Alan does this sometimes. He goes like, we should not use the word should. It's like, oh, yeah, well, I dare you. <laughs> it's like, because you just told us not, we should not use the word should. So it's, it's, it's that's like, my favorite wrong thing to do is just to shut right, it up. Right. We just, yeah. And we just need to understand. And what Carol was describing is the pan back is I'm just aware of this stuff. And I get, oh, you're still here. You know, this, this yeah. thing that used, that used to have so much credibility with us, you know, it's, you know, and just, they just find, a, and the way I think about it is those little saboteurs in our head, you've heard me say this before, Carol, I know probably a million times. Doing the push-ups they're, in the corner. <laughs> they're, well, they're smarter than we are, whether we like oh, it or yeah. not. It's like, well, they're so what, that, they can read what that means is one-on-one, -on -one, you know, with my addiction, I'm going to lose. I may not lose today. I may not lose next week. It's like, but I, but I'm going to lose. I went on one with my with my should monster. I'm going to lose. But what I think of is is just in one of the little stories I tell myself is ah let's let's imagine that the that the universe designed it that way, so that I I absolutely need you guys, because because us together, any two of us together are smarter than my saboteur or your right. saboteur. Any two of us together are stronger than my addiction. It's like, but one-on-one, -on -one, any one of us, it's like, nope, we're going to, it's a, it's just a matter of time. And so what, you know, and that's go to keep, keep the theme going, Patrick, that, that's, that's the thing with, you know, and hindsight is the, the only accurate insight, by the way, uh, with hindsight, you look at this and, and you can, you're telling the story of your, how your emotional owns emotional sobriety functioned in a time of, 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 of this, this crisis. I would not, uh, have met you guys were it not for COVID and were it not for mm -hmm. social media, um, which, uh, by any other name, <laughs> just terrible, you know, I mean, we, you know, we, we, uh, all, all of our associations with those two things are mostly all negative. They're not, you know, nope. that's no, not just one thing. For me, therapy is much more, it's much more philosophical than it is psychological these days. It's like, what do we do? You know, underline, what are we doing here? What do you, what do you, what's your relationship with your life? What do you want? What do you want to be doing? How's that working for you? What's going, going on? And I, and I, and, and see, the idea is when we really do a better job with that, we get out of those binary uh, ways of thinking it, It's like, is it, this was a good thing or a bad thing. It was a thing. You know, it's it's like was my is my addiction a good thing or a bad thing? That's the thing. It's like okay, what what in what ways was it? Did I did I respond to it in a way that was destructive? Oh, I got a long list. You know, what ways has it been a gift to me? I was in an AA meeting and I and I was young and in, in in the program and I heard somebody say they were grateful to be an alcoholic, and I I remember because I was really young and very smart and, and knew everything. I I remember thinking, oh, that guy, I I helped him out. In my mind, I said, oh, he misspoke. He he meant that he was grateful to be recovering from his alcoholism. He he accidentally said, I'm I'm grateful to be an alcoholic. You know, I uh, got that. So then I heard somebody else, you know, in another meeting say the same damn thing. 
you know, and, you know, the, the punchline of this story is just then, then probably a few years later, I heard myself say it, you know, that's I'll, very I'll, recent for me. I mean, yeah. same, you know, but it took me a yeah. while to understand. Yeah, well, it does. Think, it yeah. does take a while. It's like, uh, because it's, it's, it's what Carol was speaking to earlier too, is because, I mean, we're always up against, you know, what we, what was hardwired into us from the beginning and it's not all bad stuff. It's just limited stuff. Yeah, it may not speak to today, so it's an opportunity to rethink it. That's all. Yep. The thing I love about Gestalt therapy is it keeps you in the moment. You look for a working point mm-hmm. of what's happening right now. And you work on that one point in now that you're having some feelings about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've spent so many decades, and some of it was of value. Some of it, I think, was misguided, looking over my shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, I, really, I shouldn't even say misguided. I prefer now being in the moment with what's going on with me right now. Where do I feel it in my body? You know, can we talk about it to help resolve now? And there's nothing I can do today to undo yesterday, which is something I have known for 40 years. But to have some relief in now with what's stirred up now, that's beautiful. And that's to me what Gestalt is about. I like it. So anyway, that's it. Go ahead. Did you say, no, did you say that you were, um, you might be studying to become a therapist? Yeah, that's one reason I retired. She is a therapist. She can't. Well, she is already, been, but now she's going to get paid. I mean, for I it. was with my customers, honestly. Yeah. That, yeah. that didn't mean I spent all day on the, you know, but I, I really did put mutual outcomes in my business dealings um it was very important to me to not just have one point of view with a with a customer for example whether it was a dealer or a retail customer um, well, i'm so excited yep. for that for you i mean that's that's fantastic thank you i'm excited too now i was going to ask you guys it's going to sound really uh facile and boring but the heat is incredible where I'm at. I'm in a desert. I literally mm-hmm. drove through several freeways and saw wildfires from the freeway. Um, it oh, felt no. like I was driving into hell. Uh, and yeah. I got to say, in, in addition to the the physical aspect of it, I had to like put on my mask while driving. Uh, it, you know, mentally, uh, driving through hell doesn't always have the best, uh, you know, uh, collateral effect. So are you guys staying out of the heat? Or I mean, you guys are in the South. That's you know how is it over there? It's Carol been rough goes first because she's she, she's in Texas, man. Texas is hot. We're on fire, and um, not literally, but uh, it's hot as hell. They're just mm-hmm. as hot as hell. And my air conditioner went out Thursday morning, and I practiced my emotional sobriety. I just mm-hmm. laughed and said, "My time to start rolling the boulder up the hill." Mm-hmm. And I made a plan and worked it and got help and it's all working now. And um, I could see an elevated pulse, but for the most part, I stayed pretty calm about it all. But anyway, yeah, it's it's um, we've had weeks of over 100 degrees and that's not mm-hmm. normal for here this early in the year. Um, my has, electric well, field, and, and we have to start saying this. It, it, it has not been normal in, in the past. It's like, right. you know, we're, we're seeing changes here that, that are, you know, we don't we're know. What's coming. 
It's like, yeah, right. it's happening. So, so I tell that to people all the time when they you know, like, when they, if they do something well that they haven't done in the past, they go like, they go like, I, I really asserted myself in that situation. And that's not normal for me. I go like, no, it hasn't been, it hasn't been in the past, but in this but case, just for our own awareness about climate change, we need to be able to go like in the past, it has not been like this. Right. That's today, true. today it is. Yeah, my air conditioning. I told you my air conditioning was out too, and and I I didn't think of it as emotional sobriety, Patrick, until just now when you asked the question. Is what I did, um, uh, is is I, I what I would I would do whatever I had to do out. It was hot as hell inside, but and but the in, out the inside was not as humid as outside. So, you know, because, but anytime I would go have to do anything to exert myself, I would get back as fast as I could to the bed where I had the fan blowing right on me and me and my dog would go out, would do something quickly. And, and Lucas loved that fan too. And we, and we, we just laid well, until the, until the guy got there to fix our air conditioning, we just spent as much time in front of that fan as we could. Lowered the lowered expectations. Alan and I always talk about the power of lowered expectations. What what do I need to be doing today? I need to be laying here in front of this fan. Exactly. I <laughs> tell you, I did not move much in my house until no. the temperature dropped. Right, and in the absence of lower temperatures, you know, um, keeping that emotional low emotional center of gravity is the mm -hmm. next best thing. And you guys both helped me with that, so thank you. Mm -hmm. Did Dee Dee bring you a milkshake that day? You said that she might bring yep. you one. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, uh, that sounds good. I might the get day, one today. The, the the day I came back from the doctor, you mean? Yeah, 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 I, yeah. She, she, I said, I figure, I figured this is a I, there'll be a Sonic waiting for me when I when I get, get home, and, and there was. Yeah. It's never a bad idea. <laughs> no. That's sweet. <laughs> All right. Yep. Well, uh, thanks so much for coming on, Carol, and uh, it's yes. been great chatting with you. Guys. Oh, it's been so fun. Thank you very much for having me. Until next time. Peace out, man. Tinge your life. Tinge your myth. Cultivate your narrative with whomever you're with. Then with glass in hand and children on one knee. Bring some stories. Bring your stories back to me. It ain't a crime to be a human. Never be ashamed to be yourself rest assured that whatever you're doing will entertain me like nobody else so here's to us my old friends until it's time to drink the wine and break the bread again with glass in hand and children on one knee bring some stories bring your stories back to me